well met, everybody. Welcome to Geek Thyself, a show by nerds, for nerds, who love geeking out over random facts and esoteric trivia. My name is Heather. I'm Russell. And we'll be your hosts for this journey through the wondrous land of information. Uh, hi, everyone. Welcome back to Geek Thyself. Hi. Hope you're doing great. Um, I'm Russell. I'm here with Heather, as per usual. Yep, and this week we're going to be talking about something that's a little darker. Uh, we're going to be talking about the Burke and Hare murders that took place during the 1800s in Scotland. Fun. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was a long time ago, so no one has to worry about these guys coming back and finding them. No, that's that's true. You know, unless vampires are real, which seems unlikely. Mm, suspicious. <laughs> But yes, um, so we're going to talk about some murders. Now, I don't actually know this story, uh, which is kind of why we saved it for an episode, because Heather, you know more, or you know the the story at least. Yes. Yeah, I don't want anyone, like usual, I am not an expert in these subjects. Yes. But I have done my research, and I have information for you, and I... Mm -hmm. This particular one is also a history-related topic. Yes. So I know enough bits and pieces to help fill in some of the gaps, too. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm interested in learning about what these murders are, so... Okay. Yeah. So back in the early 1800s... Yes. There was a lot of innovation going on with medicine. Now, some of it was legit, mm -hmm. like figuring out anatomy and things like yes. that. Yes. Some of it was snake oil, sometimes literally. <laughs> literally, yeah. <laughs> yes. And um, and by that, I don't mean that snakes make oil. I mean, like, those fake medicines that people sold for all we know, it was pieces of snake in oil. Yes. So no one at me that snake oil doesn't exist. I know it's not a thing. Yes. Um, <laughs> the point is, is snake oil didn't really do much for you health-wise. No. Yes. It didn't. But during that time frame, because there were all of these medical innovations going on, one of the things that they would do is they would look at dead bodies to figure out more information about anatomy and mm -hmm. what happens to the body with certain diseases because they were trying to be pushing forward in terms of their medical knowledge. They were trying to find new innovations and things to keep people healthy and to fix different diseases. Makes sense. Yeah. So all of this comes from a good spot. Yes. But... It all goes horribly wrong. Yes, it does. So unfortunately, in terms of studying the human body, especially back in the 1800s and just in general, the 19th century in Europe, there was a lot of people who didn't care for the idea of their loved one's body being cut up and looked at after they had died. Yes. Um, especially, I mean, even now people are there's still people out there that are very religious and would have issues with this for religious reasons which is fine you know that's your belief then go for it but back in the you know early 19th century the early 1800s there were yes it, it i mean at that time frame not believing in god in europe was like blasphemous like oh my god what do you mean you don't believe like it, people just didn't do it pretty much or if they did they didn't talk about it Certainly. Exactly. Yeah. And so the idea for anyone who fell into the religious camp of handing over their loved one's body to be dissected didn't sit well with most people. Yeah. For the most part, yes. Uh, I know that mm -hmm. there were certain exceptions, but even so, they were very few and far between. Yes. 
And in particular, for the purposes of today's episode, we're going to be talking about William Burke and William Hare, who uh, became somewhat famous in Scotland at the time that all of this medical innovation was happening. Okay. Right. So what were their sort of uh, like fields? Like, uh, uh, were they like chemistry, biology? I assume biology, but... Uh, nope. They were just two schmoes. Oh, right. Trying to make a living in Scotland. They were actually Irish by birth and they had come to Scotland. Sure. But, um... One of the things that was going on in Scotland at the time is that the law there required that the corpses used for medical research had to come from a few different spots. They had to either come from prison, so right. people who died in prison, their bodies would could be forfeit to the medical practitioners, assuming there were no family members who stepped forward to take the body. Sure. Um, there were also some suicide victims who would fall into the same camp, the they couldn't be buried in church grounds because they'd committed suicide, which is against a lot of yes. religious mm-hmm. laws. And so those bodies could be used for medical research. And then you could also use the bodies of foundlings. So, like, we just found this body. We don't know whose it is or where it goes. Or orphans. Oh, damn. Because they had no family to claim uh, the body. That, that just sounds wrong on so many levels. I know. A, a yeah, lot of it does. <laughs> like, a lot of those uh, things just... I mean, I, I understand what they mean from that kind of view, view but mm-hmm. God, it doesn't half sound bad. I know. I know. It sounds really bad. Uh, um, anyway, but yeah. But those were the only corpses that were allowed to be used for medical research. And as you can imagine, every every doctor who did anatomical research at the time, which was a very, very big study... Especially in Edinburgh, they were the lead in this research at the beginning of the century. Anatomical research was like at its peak in Edinburgh at the time. And so what happened is because there were so many medical practitioners trying to get, you know, the one up on their competitors and everything at the time. Yeah. But a limited number of corpses, because as you can imagine, even someone who dies in prison, there's only so many of those bodies that the family is not going to claim. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, yeah, I mean, even if that doesn't sound great, because it doesn't, mm-hmm. but yeah, the <laughs> not everyone who is in prison and dies in prison is going to have nobody to take that body. Right. And so beyond mm-hmm. that, what happened is that the doctors still wanted more bodies. And the other thing is, too, that the fresher the body, the more accurate their anatomical research was. So... They wanted bodies that were as fresh as possible for obvious reasons. So if you didn't live, if you weren't practicing near enough to a prison or somewhere where you might readily get a body, it might be a couple of days old Mm. and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And then it wouldn't be as good for your presentation to your medical students and everything. Yeah. Just the term fresh body. I know. Is... (laughs) I know. This is is a little bit of a gruesome one. (laughs) Part of it is... yeah, Yeah. Part of it is just... Part of it is funny. And part of it is just, mm-hmm. that's such a weird, that, yeah. just the term fresh body. <laughs> but yes, research is important. And if the body is already decaying, mm-hmm. some things are not going to be accurate. Makes sense. I mean, cool. medically it makes sense. But at the time, of course, they mm-hmm. had a limit on how many they had available. So what happened because of this is that yes, basically grave robbing became a... <sighs> Uh, a a practice practice. for some people who needed money and didn't care how they got it fair enough 
they yeah, it it, it well, led to I mean, a not fair enough, but yeah, yeah, it led to a lot of body snatching. And at the time, um, people who did that, who took the bodies from the graves and turned them over to the doctors, were referred to as resurrection men because they were taking the bodies from the grave. Yeah, I don't think I have right. to explain that one. Okay. <laughs> No, 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 I get you. So I assume that, like, people couldn't opt in to give their body to science, or was that I'm sure there were people who did, but it wasn't really a thing at the time. Um, And the law stated that the corpses had to come from very specific sources, so I'm not actually sure 100% if they would have let you or not. It's an interesting question that I didn't have, I don't have an answer to right now, but... you know, like, if you you made that decision Mm -hmm. while you were alive, surely they... Like that, you'd hope that they'd respect the wishes of the person whose body it was, but yeah. again, laws are laws, I yeah, guess. Yeah, but you never know. But yeah, but yeah, and then, and then just the, obviously the direct sort of thing is this: that yeah, we need bodies. We're gonna get these bodies, whatever way we can. Yes. Great. So now we're down to body yeah. snatching. Well, and then of course, because people didn't want their loved ones dug up and turned over to doctors for medical research without their permission Mm. what ended up happening is that people started taking measures to prevent the grave robbing so like um Mm. you've you might have heard myths about how people would tie a string to the finger of a cadaver Uh. so and then have the string go up to a bell on the surface so that if the person in situations where someone was actually you may not have heard okay so Back in the day, yes. one of the things that they would do if they were worried that a person might not actually be 100% dead, <laughs> because they didn't, they, I, it sounds horrible, I know, but they didn't actually have, like most villages and stuff, didn't have the medical knowledge to always be able to tell whether or not the person was actually 100% dead. Uh... So depending, <laughs> I know, depending on where they were, there were different practices, like some would keep the body somewhere for a couple of days to make sure because they figured if it's just sitting there for two days it's definitely dead yes um others would what they would do is they would tie a string around one of the fingers of the corpse and then they would bury it in a coffin not super deep because they did i don't know that they always dug six feet down and everything back then yeah but they they would bury the body in a coffin and then they would tie a string to the finger that would go up to a bell on the surface Mm. and they would have um, people in the graveyard watching the graves. And if the person woke up, if they weren't actually a hundred percent dead and they became conscious and responsive, they could ring the bell and be rescued. Oh my God. That's horrific. It, it really was a thing though. And there's some things too. I've, I've heard stories where they would use it to determine whether or not someone was a quote unquote vampire type of idea too like there's all sorts of stories like that that you can look up in like old europe i'm sure there is but honestly (laughs) one of my biggest fears like is being buried alive like oh yeah yeah no i agree it's horrifying the the, the thought of that like hey we're not entirely sure if you're dead so we're just Mm -hmm. gonna give you the string and you're just pulling on it because you won't even hear the bell like, yeah. if you're that, if you're under the ground. So you're just hoping that someone hears it. That's mm-hmm. that's terrifying. That's that's terrifying. Yeah. I agree. Wow. But, um, 
Oh my god. So one of the things that they would start doing is like tying strings to the corpses Mm. and and stuff or doing some sort of situation like that where it was almost like a booby trap. So if someone tried to rob the grave and take the corpse, you know, if they tried to like dig underneath or something, they'd hear the bell ringing Mm. and things like that. And they would post guards at the at the grave sites and things like that. So because of this, it made it even harder for these resurrection men to find corpses to turn over to the doctors to get money. Sure. Uh, so what happened, um, at least what history tells us happened, is that uh, a lodger, so someone who was renting a room from William Hare, died at the house. Mm. And per, in some versions of what I looked up, it sounded like the per, that lodger owed Hare money. Mm-hmm. It just depended. And so uh, what happened, basically, is when that lodger died he went to his friend burke and they were like what do we do with how do i handle this this guy owes me money now he's dead i don't want to i can't afford to pay for like getting rid of the body getting it taken care of um and somehow they decided to sell it to a doctor they knew who was looking for corpses so they took it over to a doctor named robert knox who was practicing it in edinburgh at the time (laughs) and he had um one of those like medical theaters where people would come watch him cut open the body like a class basically he was teaching like an old school medical class okay and he would use the bodies for his research Mm. so they sold the body to him and they got what at the time was a very big sum of seven pounds ten shillings which in 1828 was a decent chunk of money oh yeah definitely like a pound is not something that most people would uh sort of earn in a year sometimes like, no, that's true. De- depending on where they lived and well, how yes. and what kind of job mm, they did, absolutely. for sure. Yeah, uh, like, or if they were paid in pounds, it was paid monthly. That that's kind of how much a pound was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's yeah, really not a was... bad amount of money for a body that no. essentially just fell into your lap. Yeah, and that yeah. was in 1828. Mm. So you know, back then, a, a pound went a long way. Oh yeah, definitely. Um. And then a couple of months later, Hare had another lodger that was suffering from a fever and was worried that it was going to stop other people from wanting to lodge in the house, which, Mm -hmm. of course, was one of the ways he made money, so he needed lodgers. Yes. And at this point, um, he and his friend Burke, again, decided to take matters into their own hands, and they killed her. Okay. So. (laughs) Right. Sure. I mean. (laughs) That's 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 a response. It's it's the one they had. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So obviously, if this is like their first documented murder, do some people believe that the first body was a murder too? You know, I didn't see any specific research on that. A lot of the hmm. information that we have in terms of how things went down is yes. because of what happened after they were caught. Gotcha. Because, like, the first thing that sort of sprung to mind was, like, it's like, did that person really die of just random causes? Right, Like, right. And also, they owed the money. Like, that mm-hmm. doesn't look good for them. Like, in any sense of the word. And yeah. And then they go and murder what could be their first person or second person. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, okay. But sure, they have a fever, so they've got to go. All right, I guess. <laughs> yeah, That's it's definitely... quite extreme. It's yeah. definitely a little questionable. Um, a, a little. <laughs> so essentially, uh, at the end of everything, when they'd gotten yes. caught, one of them mm. turned state's evidence. Well, okay. 
it's called Queen's Evidence or King's Evidence over in England and Scotland. Oh, but basically they they turned evidence and uh, gave this information. So this information comes from William Hare, who turned okay. King's Evidence after they were caught in order to get immunity. Um, sure, makes Fair enough. So they were confessing to, yes. in this case, receive a very low sentence. Yes. Right. So as far as we know, he was telling the truth. And the first one was just, it happened to happen, and then the rest of them were on purpose. But it's, you know, it's hard to say 100%, because again, this was him telling them what had happened. Yes. He, like, yeah. he could have been lying, obviously. Yes, exactly. It, it's hard to say. Yes, mm. makes sense. But, um, yeah, with that, maybe we should go into our mid-roll, and then I can tell you more about what they got away with and what they didn't. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Sure, okay. Uh, As per every episode of Geek Yourself, and uh, for a lot of the network, we are sponsored by... We'll do Die Hard Dice first this week. Okay. Because, why not? So, yeah, Die Hard Dice, uh, as in in their name, uh, they make dice. Mm -hmm. They sell a lot of different polyhedral dice. They organise by sort of colour and sort of style. Mm -hmm. Uh, They have moonstone dice and all beautiful ranges of dice. And they even organise it by class. So, like, if you're a D&D player, like both heather and i are mm-hmm. you can look for, like for your new character that you're like playing and buy 17 sets of dice because i don't judge you for that even if i only want one dice of per, per, <laughs> per character that's that's my decision you you free to spend as much on dice as you like indeed <laughs> but they also have metal dice which they hand uh not well they they don't hand cast them, but they design them themselves, mm-hmm. and they are the ones with the with the molds for these sort of dice. So they're unique to the hard dice. Uh, they have their own sort of styles and different finishes, and including rainbow finishes, along with the new Spellwinder series, which they're releasing, which are sort of dual colored dice. Yes. They've got a red and orange one, which looks be- uh, really nice. They had a sort of teal and green one, I think. Yes, they're so uh, pretty. I think yeah, teal and green. Yeah. So yeah, feel free to check them out. They got beautiful dice, and you might find something you like. That's very true. And if you so, if you go to dieharddice.com, you can also use mm-hmm. our coupon code Geek Thyself to get fifteen percent off of your first or next purchase, and that's one five fifteen percent. So don't forget to use yeah. the coupon code Geek Thyself. Uh, next up, we have World Anvil. Yes, which. I'm going to let Heather talk about because she knows it much better than I do. Yeah, World Anvil is this amazing website. It's worldanvil.com. You can go there for all of your world building and campaign management needs. You can sign up for free. And if you want some of the extra special features that are amazing, then you can get a subscription for different levels to get access to those items. But it's an amazing website. You can do all sorts of things. You can make a map. It acts like a place to sort of compile everything but it's also like a wiki so you can search through it and link different articles so that you can go from one to the other to the other to the other and back Mm -hmm. again and it's just an amazing site with all sorts of applications and ways you can use it and that is Mm worldanvil.com yeah great for world building great for dnd campaigns Mm -hmm. great for pretty much anything you can think about like you're writing a book and you want a place to put all the information yes works too it's so robust yeah so yeah, 
uh, yeah, if you want to check out either of those sites, please feel free and let them know that we sent you. Yes, definitely. Okay. So now, back onto the murder, I guess. <laughs> That would sound bad if I didn't know what the day this week's topic was. <laughs> yes, yes, very bad. But, I mean, it still sounds pretty bad. But let's hear about how these these fine gentlemen were eventually <laughs> caught. But let's, what, did, what did they get up to along the way? Because, you know, like, the murders implies that maybe they didn't just stop at one. <laughs> You're correct. They, in fact... So, again, this is according to what was testified to by William Hare when they were captured. They killed 16 people over the course of 10 months in 1828. 10 months? Yes. I I, I thought you were going to say 10 years. No, 10 months. 10 months? That's... A lot, yeah. That's like a a murder every couple weeks, like three weeks. Uh, How do people... How did they (laughs) get away with that so consistently? Well, I mean, you have to keep in mind it was 1828. So Fair. it was it's not like they had as much tracking. The other thing is mm. too, at least one of them, Hare had a lodge had a lodging house, which meant that they had yes. people come and go periodically anyway. So people didn't necessarily mm. immediately think it was anything bad. Sure. Or you, you know, not bad that the, they had disappeared. Obviously once they found out about the yes, murders it, it was a huge right. deal, but the fact is it is it wasn't a red flag that this person who stayed in for a couple of days suddenly wasn't around because exactly. they could have just moved on. Yeah, makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and so at this point, they had been taking the bodies to uh Dr. Knox for quite a while. And as you can imagine, it's not so surprising that they kept going back to him and Knox may have suspected something was up. Oh yeah, definitely. Because like, I'm he, sure the bodies were a lot fresher than the ones he usually got. Oh yeah. Like that that's gotta be really bad. Like there's gotta be a point where you're just like, actually, you know, I don't want to take these bodies anymore. Mm-hmm. <sighs> but I suppose if all you needed the for is research you know, I mean yes. you can maybe uh, hopefully maybe overlook the fact that maybe this body's too fresh to be buried and dug mm-hmm. up which you know that's oh that's yeah like i know they were either <laughs> very smart and just got got you past this guy or or he he was fairly aware and was okay with it which in either situation isn't good yeah and of, of course like i said bert um Hare did confess and turned to evidence and gave a lot of information after the fact. Yes. Um, one of the historians who's done actual, like, probably years of research into this topic instead mm. of just the the few hours or whatever that I've done, yes. uh, named Lisa Rosner, mm. said that based off of the information we have, she suspects, because there's two people that there's sort of historians debate which one is the actual first murder that occurred, the first true murder. Yeah. Um, there, one is that it was um, a miller named Joseph who was lodging at Hare's house, and the other is that it was someone named Abigail Simpson who was a salt seller. Mm. And okay. Lisa Rosner, again the historian who's done the research, said that has said that she considers Joseph the more likely, um, since he was in the. I mean, he was in the house, so it yes. would have been easier for them to get a hold of. Mm-hmm. Definitely, um, we. 
We do know that a pillow was used to smother them. Again, this is based off of testimony we've been given. Okay, so maybe then maybe later... at least they die in their sleep and didn't feel it. That's all. That's the only hope you can give them. <laughs> I know it's it's really bad. Yeah. So they we uh, according to what we were told by Hare, yes. the first one was killed with a pillow over the face to smother mm. him. Right, and then after that. Um, the rest of the victims were suffocated with a hand over the nose and mouth. Right. Okay. So it was yes. always suffocation. That's not... yes. It was always suffocation, mm-hmm. and generally speaking, one of them would hold the nose and mouth, and the other one would sit on the person so that they couldn't flail and get away. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So it was definitely a, a two-man job. Oh. Like n- neither one of these guys was innocent. Oh. Hare no. managed to get out of being punished because he turned state's evidence and told them everything. Yes. Burke, on the other hand, of course, got the full punishment. Which I suppose, um, well, I'm not, uh, not going to speculate, but I feel like I know where this might be going. But anyway. Yeah. And um, there, as you continue on through the list of their victims, so the next one, again, there's debate over which one came next. Mm-hmm. Rosner, who's done a lot of research. Yes puts the next one as Abigail Simpson, the yes. salt seller mm-hmm. from before, followed by an English lodger named Cheshire. Mm-hmm. And then um, after that, it again, you know, continues on and there were more. There were, um, let's see, there were women. Yes. Possibly who were, you know, women of the night or something like that. Um, yeah, let's see, like uh, Mary, Mary Patterson who was also known as Mary Mitchell and Janet Brown, mm-hmm. um, were also taken care of and turned over for money. Fun. Yeah. Uh, so, yep. <laughs> and it, it just it just kept going from there. I mean, mm-hmm. as you can imagine, there were, there were 16 victims. There's a lot of them. Yeah. Information was given on who they were, you know, yes. during the investigation what Mm -hmm. happened at the end um essentially is that one of the lodgers at Hare's house with their last victim Mm. whose name was hold on let me look at my notes her name was margaret doherty yeah so she was their last victim and what happened is that some of the other lodgers at burke or at Hare's house discovered her after they'd killed her they found the last victim and so they called the police immediately and so that's how they were discovered. Gotcha. Okay. Now. Just before we go any further, because this is bugging uh-huh. me already. We, we've already talked about the fact that they got eight pounds and ten shillings for the first body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they might not have gotten that much for each body uh, following because, you know, might have paid less, might have paid the same. Either way, mm-hmm. killing someone every three weeks, is the, was that really necessary? Were they blowing through that money that quickly? I know. Like, I I honestly don't know what no, they I, were spending this, their money this, on. Yeah, this is more but, like a hypothetical question because obviously there's no way we can know. Yeah, but, my guess would be that they were that partly that they were saving it and partly that they were just like I don't know spending it on lots of drinks or throwing it around and showing how fancy they were. They might, I mean, Hare owned a house that he used as a lodging house, yes. so he might have been fixing up the lodging house. Like, I, I honestly don't know. You know, it's just like, that's a lot of money for, for, for that sort of time period. And mm-hmm. you'd think that they would be okay 
you know, not to kill someone every three weeks or roughly, right. well, you know, like 16 in 10 months, you know, that's, mm-hmm. it, that, that, yeah. you know, but either well, way. And the thing is too, they, they would get different amounts of money depending on the body, like you said. So for instance, um, let's see the Joseph one that I yes. mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. that was a lodger that they smothered. Yeah. Um, again, according to what we have as information, they were paid ten pounds for him, mm. which is even more. And then after that, they received ten pounds for some of the other bodies. Um, there were some where they were paid a little bit less, and you know things like that. So it, there's a lot of different stories, and there's again some yeah. stories like that. Uh, one of Knox's assistants named Ferguson asked where they had obtained the body of Patterson, Mary Patterson, because he thought he recognized her. Yes. You know, there, there's there's notations and historical little tidbits that hint that people may have kind of suspected what was going on, but yes. we don't know for certain. And there's also, I'm sure, a lot of people who kind of looked the other way. We do know that, again, according to what they confessed to, or what Hare confessed to, their last two victims were Margaret Dougherty, who, of course, resulted in them being caught, and a man named James Wilson, who was also known Mm -hmm. as Daft Jamie. He was um, someone who had some mental development issues. He was mentally disabled, and he was a familiar figure in the streets, and he had a a limp Ah. because he had some deformed feet. So... He was known around the area, and then right after that, they uh, killed Margaret Dougherty, who eventually Uh, got them caught. This was in the 1800s, yeah? Yes, it was in 1828. Yeah, okay, because I I was curious, I just looked it up. Um, They were getting about £10 per body. Yes. That's such a bad phrase. But, okay. (laughs) I know, it's horrible. Yeah. Basically, so roughly £100 in that time, so... A few bodies in at this point, about ten. Mm-hmm. That would have been the equivalent now of about ten thousand pounds. Yeah, it was a lot of money. That was a lot of money, and like this is like before any of the conversion rates that sort of, uh, you know, changed the way the money worked. Mm-hmm. So like even so, but like so, ten pounds of that is still, you know, nearly a thousand sort of pounds in nowadays money. No, I know it's. It's crazy when you think about it. Like, not only that they got, I mean, not that they got paid it that much, because honestly, for what they were doing. Yes, no. But uh, the the fact that they needed to kill so many people to keep up that kind of lifestyle. Yes, whatever they were, I don't know what they were doing with the money. I don't know that we Mm. ever found out. Um, I didn't find it in my research, at least when I was looking around. Mm -hmm. But after they were caught, like I said, hair turned state's evidence. Burke was prosecuted. Although, um, even though there were details of all of the murders, all 16, formal charges were only brought up against Burke and his wife. That's one Mm. thing I forgot to mention. Both of them were married or or at least had like common law marriages, which means either they were somehow hiding it from their wives, which given what they were doing and how much of it they were doing seems unlikely to me. Mm. Or the wives were willing to look the other way. Now, it, we don't have a lot of information on their wives um, in terms of, like, their personalities or educations yes. or anything or like they, that. Yeah, like so, they, they were kept very much out of it. Right. So it is not impossible 
that they were just completely oblivious, you know, or, you know, back in that day, maybe they were working so hard all the time that they just didn't have time to pay attention to what their husbands were doing. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if, again, this is going to sound terrible, but I don't know whether women would have been allowed to do that much work in the 1820s. Because wasn't it kind of up to them to be stay-at-home parents or moms? Well, for the most uh, part, although I don't yeah. know that either that they had any children. I hope not. So if there were no like, children, I think it was, maybe. If, from what I recall, it was a little more lax. There were some jobs yes. that women were allowed to go do. Maybe. But you, you might be right. But like from what I remember of reading that kind of time period, it mm-hmm. wasn't exactly equal opportunity on anyone can do anything. No, so, I agree. No. Um, but... Yeah. At the time, Mm -hmm. the wives were considered also as suspect. Hares was given, um, basically, immunity, just like him. And then um, Burke's wife was also charged with the three murders that they actually brought prosecution up against him for. However, Burke was found guilty of one of the murders. They really only needed one because the sentence was death. And then the case against his wife wasn't proven. Yes, So it was a situation where, according to the legal verdict, she was acquitted, but she Mm -hmm. wasn't necessarily declared innocent. She just, there was just not enough evidence one way or the other. So it was a, it was a weird legal thing that they had at the time where you could be declared not guilty, but also not innocent. It was, it's kind of strange. And. That does sound a bit weird, doesn't it? Like. Yeah, it definitely wouldn't fly nowadays, but back then it was a thing. I mean. Yep. I mean, the the UK is a bit, isn't the sort of same when it comes to that kind mm-hmm. of thing anyway, like. Yeah, but so, I mean. I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess it's just like, no, <laughs> you're not guilty, but we don't think you're innocent either, but we don't have enough to actually punish you, but we're going to yeah. ruin your name for the rest of your life. That was pretty much it, honestly. Yeah. And Burke was hanged. I'm unsurprised about this. Uh, I was like, I can see where this is going because in the 1800s, we definitely still hang people. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, no, Burke was hung and mm-hmm. his wife was released, but yeah. she the next day she went to buy, uh, went shopping basically, yes. and she was confronted by an angry mob because they were pissed off about her verdict. Where it wasn't oh, yeah. that whole thing. Mm. So um, they ended up having to take her into police custody, basically. But then... Um, or she would have been co- killed. Right. Well, no, it is... I'm not done. They took her into police oh. custody. And the the mob um, laid siege to the police station. Oh, fuck. <laughs> they were really Ex- angry. Excuse um, me. That's... um. Wow. That's, yeah. Mm. They were... They were really, really angry, and um, (laughs) she she managed to escape. um, And then she tried to go see her husband, but her it was refused. They weren't they wouldn't let her see him. Mm. Um, And then after that, she left Edinburgh. And there's not a lot of clear information on exactly where what happened after. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, The other thing too is that after that, before he was hung, Burke did make a confession. And yes. he gave more details than the official one that he had given at his trial. And in mm. those, he placed a lot of the ba- blame for the murders on Hare instead of on himself. Mm. Now, so who, which of them was actually the instigator is hard to say because, of course, they're going to blame each other. Yes, of course. Especially when they, once they both realized that, you know, they'd sold each other out. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, the other thing is to uh, James Wilson. So J- uh, Daft Jamie, who was mm-hmm. who was murdered, the second to last murder. Yes. His mother petitioned the court um, against Hare's immunity. Hare was in prison for a while before he was released or before he was going to be released, but Hare, um, Jamie's mother protested this. And so they did, um, they did consider it, but, uh, ultimately they, uh, rejected her protest uh, with a vote of four to two. Right. So he was eventually released. His wife was released earlier than him and she went back to Ireland. But uh, does it say how long he's been in prison? Um, uh, I will have that for you soon. So she she actually okay. also was chased. I, sorry, I'm reading through my notes. She no, also okay. was chased by a mob at one point. Um, Again, and ha- not not super surprising. But... No, and had to be escorted to a ship to Ireland, um, where she went back to because they'd all come from Ireland originally. Um, yes, the hair was released on the 5th of February, 1829. So give or take, like, around a year-ish. I think it might have been a little bit less than a year. Only a year. Oh, my God. Actually, no, sorry. They were arrested in November of 1828, so it was only a few months. A month, yeah. He was in prison for a few months, and then he was released. Um. And, of course, he they disguised him so that he could try to get out of town because he, he was technically given immunity. He was allowed to do that. So he was escorted out of town and set on set down on a road, the Annan Road, and told to make his way to the English border. And then after that, there's no reliable sightings of him and no one knows what happened. He just disappeared. Oh, he was absolutely he was absolutely yeah. gotten by someone. Uh, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. I know. Okay. Um, <laughs> also, which I mean, I'm not against, but just as a point, he spent less time in prison than the amount of time he was killing people. I know. That is. <sighs> I know it's disturbing. Uh, yes, it is. <laughs> um, and then Knox, yeah. the doctor who had purchased all the bodies from them, um, yes. he never made any public statements about his dealings, but the common thought at the time was that he definitely had something like he must have known basically yeah and so he was he was depicted in a lot of caricatures and stuff at the time in a very negative light for obvious reasons i'm not surprised yeah Yeah. and and actually uh, there was a crowd gathered outside his house in february and burned an effigy of him yeah so he ended up getting in a whole lot of trouble and had to leave and go to another city as well yeah um, one thing that's interesting is that because of all of this going on at the time, mm. um, they coined a new slang term called burking. Mm. And burking meant to smother a victim or to commit an anatomy murder, which was killing someone to sell their body, basically. I can, I mean, I've never heard of the term burking. It's not something we still yeah. use, I'm going to be it's, honest it's with you. Old, I mean, this is like super old oh, yeah. 1800s slang terms. So it's not stuff that gets used anymore, really. Oh, yeah, definitely not. There was also least, an... Um, I've never heard it. Yeah, there was also a 19th century um, Edinburgh, like, nur- not nursery rhyme, but like a, a rhyme that people knew. Mm. And again, this is online. You can look it up if you don't believe me. Uh, I do. (laughs) Unfortunately, I do. (laughs) Up the clothes and doon the stair, butt and bend with burk and hair, 
Burks the butcher hairs the thief, knocks the boy that buys the beef. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's mm. it's really dark. Um so you oh, yeah. yeah, that's yeah, that's quite something. Yeah, those are the kinds of things that people were saying. Now, one good thing did come out of this. I had actually forgotten about this until I was looking through my notes. You oh, yeah. were asking earlier about couldn't people just donate their bodies? Mm-hmm. So, according to the law at the time, they couldn't. Right. But because of the public outrage of all of this that had happened with Burke and Hare, one of the things that happened is that the Parliament of the United Kingdom at the time passed the Anatomy Act of 1832. So it took a couple mm-hmm. years, but they did get it fixed. This allowed a freer license for doctors and teachers of anatomy and actual bona fide medical students to get bodies and dissect them from more sources. So it didn't just have to be the ones I listed off earlier. They could also gotcha. take donated bodies. So this was what allowed them to finally take donated bodies instead of having to take it just from a couple of different spots. And it cut down on the need for people to steal bodies because now, you know, people who wanted their bodies to be helping science could just donate it. They didn't have to have something weird and horrible happen. Okay. I mean, silver linings and all, but really... (laughs) I know. Oh, oh, it gets better. I haven't gotten to the best part. (laughs) You haven't? Jeez. All right, let's go. Um, okay, so the best part, the thing that I, I read this and I was like, yes, that is so karma. I just love it. So Burke, after he was mm. hanged, his body was dissected and his corpse, his, his skeleton, sorry, was displayed at the Anatomical Museum of Edinburgh Medical School, where it still remains oh, wow. to this day. That's amazing. So you can I mean, go to the um, Anatomical Museum of Edinburgh at their medical school and see the body of William Burke. <laughs> wow, what a, what an interesting note to end yeah. this story on. <laughs> oh my god, that is just a lot of information. I mean, it's insane, right? Yeah, definitely. Yes, and then of course there've been a lot of um things inspired by yes, these events, uh, Robert Louis Stevenson in 1884 wrote a short, a short story called The Body Snatcher, which I've heard of that, yeah, yeah, which took some um, liberties, some yeah. liberties with this situation, and then um, oh yeah, and there's things people did with, like I mean he was dissected and uh, people did strange, strange things afterwards. Um, there's actually mm. a this is kind of gross, and I, they, so they, the murders raised awareness, of course, for needing bodies for medical purposes, which was good. Um, if right, you, cool. if you go on to the, um, the wiki that has information about Burke and Hare, well, first of all, you can see a picture of the preserved skeleton for anyone who wants to. Fun. <laughs> There's also, um... A picture of a uh, calling card case that's made out of Burke's skin, which I did not notice this before the last time that I looked at this site. Mm-hmm. Um, what have you noticed? I'm, I'm clicking on it now. It is a calling ah. card case made from the skin of the murderer William, Book, William Burke. Yes. Um, for many years, it was displayed in the Police Information Center on Edinburgh's Royal Mile but is now to be seen in the 
Katie's and Witchery Tours Shop in City's West Bow. Interesting. So apparently someone, after his body was dissected, took some of his skin and turned it into a calling card case. I mean... He kind of deserved it. You know, you're not wrong. You're not wrong (laughs) at all. Mm Mm-hmm. But that's certainly a bit weird. Yes. And there's there's other novelists and authors who wrote bits and pieces. There's um, Marcel Schwab told the story of Burke and Hare in the last chapter of the book Imaginary Lives that was published in 1896. There's an Edinburgh-based author, Elizabeth Bird, Mm -hmm. um, who used the events in her novel uh, Rest Without Peace in 1974. Um, And she also talked about the search for Maggie Hare in 1976. Like, there's been a whole bunch. There's also been people who've taken it and adapted it for shows and for TV and for plays and things like that. Yeah. Um, there's actually a show on Amazon. This is actually the first place that I heard about these guys because I had oh, yeah. never heard this story. I knew people had done body snatching yeah. um, back in the day because I've done enough history reading to have heard of that. But I hadn't heard about the like this one where they murdered people to turn the bodies in. And um, there's a show on Amazon called Lore, L-O-R-E. Yes. And um, it's on it's on Prime, so if you have Amazon Prime, you can go watch it. But one of the episodes talked about the William Burke and William Hare murders. And, of course, mm. it's based on the story, but they yes. took, you know, they took liberties for the drama of it. Yes. But basically, yeah. it's, it's like a recreation of it, but they're also giving you facts about what happened at the same time. Fair enough. So it's, it was definitely interesting. I don't recommend yeah. watching it if you don't like like murder thriller type yeah. shows because there's definitely some murder and a lot of blood and stuff in a couple of spots but gotcha. it was definitely interesting Fair enough. well <laughs> i feel like that's probably a really good point to end on like that was like the, the full sort of story for in sort of as quick as we can talk about it and mm-hmm. then there's this whole law like is it like a, a series or like a single episode covering this yeah, it's a, so Lore is a show on Amazon. Yeah. Um, there's two seasons of it, and each episode mm-hmm. talks about a different, like, folklore type of thing or a different okay. historical thing that happened. Apparently, it's based off of a podcast that does oh, something okay. similar. Um, but they're they're very focused on things that are, like, kind of creepy and folklore-y. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, makes sense. But yeah, I thought it was really interesting. So then I Googled them and I was like, holy, how did I not know about this? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, it's thank crazy. you for sharing that, Heather. <laughs> You're very um, welcome. <laughs> I mean, that kind of stuff always interests me in a sort of morbid way anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I enjoy <sighs> learning about it. I'm really yeah. glad that... Um, We've, I mean, I'm sure there's there's still horrible people out there because there unfortunately probably oh, always will be. But definitely. I'm really glad that we're not at a point now where like they feel like they have to do that mm. for scientific research. There's there've been other atrocities. For instance, well, you can go back and listen to the Henrietta Lacks episode <laughs> of Geek Thyself. Yeah, but yeah, um, you know, like well, like they could pretend that they were being noble and for science. A lot of it has got to be down to the money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do think the... I mean, 
if it's true that the first one really was because the guy died at their house and he owed them money, then mm. that particular one, I still don't think it's great, but I kind of get it. Yeah, um, uh, I, I can it, understand it to a point. Yeah, yes. especially at the time when four yeah. pounds was a lot of money. If the guy owed him four pounds, and I mean, honestly, if he was just a lodger back then, they didn't require like driver's licenses and emergency contacts and stuff like that. So he probably had no idea how to contact anybody mm. to get the guy back to his family. So yeah. I could understand why they were like, well, I guess we'll do this because he owes me money yeah. anyway. Yeah. But after that, they went off the rails and it's no longer okay at all. <laughs> and it's very much no longer okay. Yeah. Well, I mean. Yeah, it, it went from being was... like, maybe to nope. Nope, 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 nope. nope. You you, you lost me, I'm sorry. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. What an interesting story that's definitely... (laughs) A a lot, but hey, that's sometimes the nature of things. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing, Heather. You are welcome. Thank you for sharing with both me and the people listening. You're Uh, all welcome. Yeah, if you have any questions or recommendations for other things like this that maybe we could talk about feel free to let us know mm-hmm. because you know that that could be fun <laughs> and yeah uh we'll see you again next week with potentially maybe a slightly more optimistic <laughs> story <laughs> or topic we'll see here's hoping i usually i, I mean yeah. it's probably a good idea to try not to do two depressing ones right oh, in a row yeah. Yeah, definitely. But <laughs> it's still very interesting, and it's still mm-hmm. fun in that kind of weird way. Yeah, like if yeah. that makes sense. I think you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Well, I do. We hope you enjoyed. I definitely enjoyed. So thank you. Uh, yes. If you have any questions like that, let us know, and we'll be back soon with another topic. Like I said, we're gonna probably cover something a, <laughs> a little, a little, a little lighter, and with that. Yeah, thank you for listening. (laughs) Bye, Bye, guys. Oh, wow. (laughs) Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Geek Thyself. Don't forget to check out all the other amazing content on the Nerdsmith Network. If you have any questions for either of us, you can get in contact with us on Twitter at geek underscore thyself. You can also email us at geekthyself at nerdsmith.org. And please don't forget to go to iTunes and leave us a review or also go anywhere you listen to your podcasts. We'll be back next week with another informative and fun episode. And until then, don't forget to geek thyself. Send us your questions about magical mishaps or tune in for the latest music on the mythical airwaves. Make sure you tune in for the latest tournament results and where to find the best parties on campus. Or maybe the latest test answers, too. You don't even go here. Never let your schooling interfere with your education, Rupert. WAND Radio. Magic, music, and mayhem. On nerdsmith.org or wherever you download your podcasts. We are not inciting mayhem on this radio station. That's a terrible...